Hello, football faithful, and welcome to the 16th episode of the Double Doing Podcast. My name is Brendan Deeg at Eagles Talk underscore on Twitter. I am joined by my co-host at Bearsock underscore on Twitter, Eric Warner, as always. And today we have a very special guest joining us today. We have Dave Richard, senior fantasy football writer for CBS Sports on the line. Dave, how are you doing today? Gentlemen, I am doing great. I am I am already excited for conference championship weekend. I uh, want to see who's going to play in the Super Bowl down here in Miami. Yeah, and so I heard you are going to the Super Bowl, correct? I think we talked about that, so you'll be down there. Um, very exciting. We're going to touch on the conference championship games a little bit later. We do want to kind of get to some uh, big news coming out of the NFL this week. Luke Keekley, um, star linebacker for the Carolina Panthers, announces retirement at the age of 28. Um, Dave, I do want to get your opinion on this. What is what is Luke Keekley's legacy going to be in the NFL? And is this a big problem for NFL with stars retiring early, such as Andrew Luck, Calvin Johnson, Patrick Willis, etc.? Well, look, first of all, Keekley's legacy is going to be uh, exceptional in Carolina. That dude was the centerpiece of their defense for the longest time. Uh, when you think about great Panthers defenders, you'll, you'll, you'll think back to Sam Mills when he was there. Julius Peppers when he was there and he had two stints with them and you'll think of Luke Keekley. those guys are are going to be the, the staples of that defense and, and what the expectations are um, I also think he's a candidate for the Hall of Fame I really do I think he had some amazing seasons I wish his his career would have been able to go on a little bit longer and I'll, I'll, I'll say that he he was a problem in fantasy football too because he was great at stopping the run had over 100 total tackles every single year of his career. Uh, he was awesome in leagues when, when you started individual defenders. And he, he was a nightmare for running backs. It's a huge hole for Carolina to fill. And, and when you think about the Panthers and their new coaching staff and questions about their pass rush, and, and now they're, they're losing Luke Keekley. this is a defense that could be in trouble in 2020. They could have a hard time slowing people down. So I, I would be concerned if I were a Panthers fan about what this next year would look like. As for players retiring early, look, you're giving these players plenty of money, and by the time the good ones are done with their second contracts, they're starting to realize, why should I beat my body up more? I've made enough money to, to live the rest of my life very comfortably. Uh, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take off, and, and it makes sense. They don't want to you know, walk around with battered brains or – you know, destroyed knees, and you see, you see the greats of the NFL from, you know, the previous generation, they don't have the easiest time walking around. Some of them do have some brain uh, issues, I would say, certainly some, some thinking issues. It could be caused by the game. Most will argue that it is caused by the game, and I think these younger players, once they get enough money from two contracts, they don't, they don't, they don't want to worry about that problem anymore. So, this could be an issue that the NFL will face for a while. Yeah, I, I completely understand. Or I completely agree uh, with that. Uh, Keithy's resume speaks for itself. Five-time first-team All-Pro, seven Pro Bowls, over 1,000 tackles, most in the league since he entered it. Um, so I completely agree he'll, he'll have a strong case for the Hall of Fame. Um. We also know that you're heading down to the Senior Bowl uh, in Alabama. Uh, Monday, we just watched LSU take down Clemson in a pretty good game. Um, if you were to start... Yeah, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't bad. 
If you were to start a franchise today, would you want Joe Burrow or Trevor Lawrence? Well, wow. Well, that's a great question. Um, I think the Bengals are lucky they don't have to make that decision because Trevor Lawrence is ineligible. I kind of like Trevor Lawrence better. I think he's got – I think his game is a little more refined. I think the fact that he's been playing at a high level for a longer time than Joe – is, is a good thing. Uh, I think he's got a little more swagger. I think he's got maybe maybe a smidge more versatility to his game. Um, Burrow's got the prototype body to be a quarterback. I don't know if we can say the exact same thing for Trevor Lawrence, although that can always change. Lawrence is still you know growing up. Uh, I I think I would take Trevor Lawrence. I think he would be the one that has uh, the chance at having. Uh, and and uh, a Super Bowl winning type of career. Not to say that Joe Burrow can't have that type of career. Obviously, a huge factor will be who he plays for over the balance of his career. Uh, doing it in Cincinnati, not sure he's going to win a Super Bowl there. But he, he, he was an exceptional. He was an exceptional quarterback last year. I just kind of wish he had been that type of quarterback before 2019. And if that were the case, then I, I think it would be. Maybe he would be able to be the better prospect compared to Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, I, I completely. It's it's crazy to think that you're. Uh, I completely agree with you. It's crazy to think that we're uh, agreeing on uh, uh, taking Trevor Lawrence over a guy that just threw sixty touchdown passes this year. Um, Joe Burrow had arguably. Yeah, yeah. It's, I, I'm I'm with you. Trevor Lawrence is only twenty years old. Joe Burrow is twenty three. So when Trevor Lawrence, um, three years younger, um, when Trevor Lawrence is twenty three, you don't. You, I mean, he could be a lot better than Joe Burrow was. Um, I think the sky's the limit for Trevor Lawrence. I do think Joe Burrow does kind of have a ceiling. Um, however, if you were to if you were to give a comparison um, to a past quarterback, um, what what does Joe Burrow compare to? Like I, I was, I heard some names like Joe Montana. Um, I've heard names like a, like a more developed Andy Dalton. Um, what, what's your what's your uh, what's your comparison? I don't know if I'm ready to, to give a comparison, and I'm not sure that Joe Montana or Andy Dalton have arms that are as strong as Burrow seems mm-hmm. to be. I, I think Burrow's got a pretty strong arm. I and then the ball placement on some of those passes in the national championship game. Yeah. Uh, just just amazing stuff. So uh, I, I don't think I'm quite ready to, to give a name, but you, you talk about the, the arm strength and, and the size, and, you know, there, there, there's probably a handful of quarterbacks that are in the NFL now that you could probably um, compare Burrow to. I'm just not sure if there's one that's, yep, surefire, that's it. Yeah, it, it's crazy to me that Trevor Lawrence is only 20 years old. Yeah, um, the, I think the sky's yeah. the limit with him. Um, Joe Burrow might have a ceiling, but, I mean, Bengals fans still have to be very excited with what they're getting. Yeah. Um, keep it on the topic of college. Keep it on the topic of college. Uh, is there anybody that you're, say, excited to keep an eye on at the Senior Bowl this week? Ayuk 
pretty sure that's how you say his name. Looks like the type of big, strong-ish type of receiver who can be impactful um, right away in 2020. I'm, I'm curious to see how he shows up at the Senior Bowl as well. Yeah, it's funny you you bring up uh, Brandon Ayuk. Uh, I'm a I'm a big Eagles fan, and we're we're looking for receivers, man. We're uh, I, I'm a scout receivers. Yeah. Uh, I'm eye on T. Higgins and uh, Justin Jefferson in that uh, in the championship game. Brandon Ayuk's a name that's been thrown around. Um, the one thing I will say, I'm not a Pac-12 guy. Like receivers on the Pac-12 scare me. Yeah, sure. I mean, I get that. We we've seen that time and again where those guys tend to fall off. But I I don't know if you can just group in players like that you know for every nelson Aguilar, there is a deshaun jackson <laughs> yep. there not? so yep. I, I i think that you you're able to to just i take them on a case-by-case basis you know it's like saying that joe burrow is going to be a bad quarterback because zach mettenberger and jamarcus russell were busts uh and they were lsu quarterback rohan davy was a bust, so that that must mean that Joe Burrow is going to be a bust. I just <laughs> I think it really comes down to the player. You take it on a case by case basis, and you just hope that they've got the the mentality and the physical traits to to give them an opportunity to play well. And, and of course, as you guys know, this fit is huge. Yeah. And so I, I, I almost yeah I I think maybe we might have all fallen into this trap with JJ Arcega Whiteside, but almost any receiver that ends up in Philadelphia is going to have a good chance to to play right away out of this draft. So you want to give them a little more credit versus if a receiver goes to say Cleveland, and this is assuming the Browns don't you know do anything wild with Odell or Jarvis Landry, a receiver that goes to Cleveland is going to be no better than the number three guy. The receiver that goes to Philly could end up being the number one guy. So there, there's a lot that's still uh, – uh, it, it really depends on scheme fit and, and where these guys end up and, and not so much about the conference that they played in. Yeah, um, you make a good point. It, it is about it's, it's about the fit, and uh, it, it, it's true. The Pac-12, there's just no defense played there, but right now you guys um, – some, some of his highlights uh, jump off jump off the screen for me. Um, definitely definitely a uh, player to keep an eye on for the Eagles – um, the, the name JJ Ortega Whiteside it cringes me, man. Watching a uh, watching a DK Metcalf, uh, letting him, let him, uh, taking Ortega Whiteside over him, and then watching DK Metcalf put up over 160 yards against us, it was uh, it was painful to watch. I want to move on to back to the NFL. Um, some a couple big quarterback free agents. I'm going to start with one, um, the biggest name of all, Tom Brady. Is he going? Is he staying? Or is he retiring? I I don't think he's retiring. I think his Instagram post suggested that he wants to keep playing. And I, I can't help but think that the Patriots will do something with Tom Brady going for tonight. Maybe they're just not, uh, I don't know if they're willing to pay him and make him one of the highest paid quarterbacks in the league. But I don't know if Tom Brady's looking for that. I think Tom Brady's interested in chasing another ring. He wants to try and cement his legacy further. It's a lot easier to do that when Bill Belichick is your coach, Josh McDaniels is your offensive coordinator, and you're in a system that you've been playing in your whole life, rather than trying to go to a team that feels like they're a quarterback away, like the Chargers or the Bears, and and try and fit in there. The only way that one of those situations is going to happen is if the Patriots tell Tom, hey, you're too old, we don't want you anymore. And I just don't see the Patriots doing that to Tom Brady after all he's done for them. So my my inclination, and, it, and this is how I'm going to rank it for fantasy, 
probably won't be somebody that people want to draft in fantasy next summer. Right. Um, Stay on the fantasy topic, then. A quarterback who's posted countless uh, top top fantasy numbers. Um, Drew Brees, is he coming back? And is he going to be in New Orleans? I think I think he will. I think just the way that this season ended for him uh, will will make it so. You know, I, I don't think that Brady. You, you want to talk about arm strength? I think he's lost a little bit. I think there's proof of that. You, you think back to that interception that he had against Minnesota. Uh, that that was a pass that kind of died on him. But I still think he's got accuracy, and he's still a, a good quality quarterback, and he's got the best receiver in football in Michael Thomas. And this is an offense. Philadelphia's going to have competition for some of those wide receivers in the draft. I think New Orleans is going to look for another receiver uh, to add to their to their crew. And it uh, wouldn't surprise me if Drew Brees was surrounded by a lot of really good talent, really good offensive line. I'm sure they'll come to an agreement on a salary similar to what Brady ends up doing with the Patriots, where it's a lot of money, but not necessarily so much that it's going to crush the team's salary cap or inhibit them from getting other free agents. Uh, I, I believe that that Drew Brees rather will still be there, and unlike Brady, I think Brees will still be a good enough to start fantasy quarterback that you'll draft probably in the mid middle rounds, middle late rounds, uh, unless your league just is quarterback crazy. Uh, you'll you'll see him get drafted again. Someone will start their season with with uh, Brees uh, as their quarterback. Yeah, Brees. It actually kind of surprised me this year how Brees fell later in drafts and he had another yeah. solid season and like you say he has Michael Thomas as long as he has Michael Thomas he's going to be fantasy relevant yep um so now let's and don't oh, forget sorry. other guys he's got too he's got Alvin Kamara and Jared Cook and the, the last you know you know what the problem is is that Taysom Hill is still going to be there and that guy might steal five touchdowns from the Gurbees this year that that proper that part will stink. Yeah, I was gonna. I want to bring up Taysom Hill. There, you make. Uh, thanks for bringing it up. He is a restricted free agent, I believe, this year. Uh, correct. Correct. So, if they pay Drew Brees, are they gonna have enough money to be able to? Because uh, someone's gonna offer do an offer sheet for him. I believe. Like, he's. Do you think he's, he's one of the first round pick? He's valuable. He was probably the best player on the field in the in the wild card game against the Vikings. Um, he was one of the better better players going down the stretch. Does a team like does a team that needs a quarterback throw an offer sheet their way? I I, I think that that makes some sense, though. No? Well, the first thing, and this is a funny thing, the, the Saints. Three of their quarterbacks are technically going to be free agents, Breeze, Bridgewater, and Taysom Hill. Uh, but as a restricted free agent, the Saints can place, a, for example, a second-round tender on Taysom Hill where uh, they're going to pay him, I don't know what the, the money will be, it's going to be less than $5 million for 2020. And if a team comes along and signs a new and offer sheet, they're going to have to give up a second-round pick for Taysom Hill. That seems like a steep price to pay for a 30-year-old quarterback. A lot of people don't realize that about Taysom Hill, but he's an older dude. Uh, he came into the league late. He's from BYU, so he definitely had some um, obligations before he, he left the school, and and he's just now getting his opportunity. So I, if, the, if the Saints do that, I'm pretty sure that Taysom Hill will still be in New Orleans for at least one more year. And... Um, who knows? Maybe even though he's a restricted free agent, they sign him to a, a longer deal. They let Bridgewater walk out the door. And if you're paying Taysom Hill a contract in the neighborhood of five to six million, that's 
that's not a bad price for a backup quarterback who also contributes while your starters are on the field. So that's going to be an interesting one to see, but I, I don't see another team coming along and offering Taysom Hill um, a big contract, say $10 million a year, someone to be their starter, and giving up a second-round pick in the process. That's a good point. Um, I actually did not know Taysom Hill yeah, was 30. Yeah, I didn't know he was three years old either. They, that I know he was that, that changes was things. That yeah. changes things for sure. Um, but that was good stuff. Uh, let's look at the championship games this weekend. Uh, we got the Tennessee Titans heading into Arrowhead, looking down to take looking to take down Patrick Mahomes. Um, so far, the f- best fantasy player um, has been Derrick Henry. Does he continue yeah. that? I'm not sure if this Kansas City defense is as stout against the run uh, as, as, as they really looked against Baltimore. And listen, there were definitely some runs that Lamar Jackson had that were amazing. If you go back and watch, they were runs to the middle of the field, not necessarily to the edges. So I wonder if that's something that the Titans are going to scheme up. Here's the secret to how Tennessee is getting this done. Their offensive line is just knocking dudes off the ball. They're creating these big lanes for Henry. And by the time Henry goes up against linebackers and defensive backs, those dudes can't slow him down at all. So really it's a credit to what Tennessee is doing on the offensive line. They're scheming up Henry well, and then they're sprinkling in uh, a, a couple of, uh, you, you can't call it a pass to Derrick Henry a trick play, but it's almost like what they're doing is finding a couple of extra ways to get Henry involved, put so much attention on him, and then find ways to play off that. Play action has been huge for them. I would expect Tennessee to lean on that a little bit more than we saw against Baltimore as well, if only because I think it's going to be a more competitive game. But I would expect Derrick Henry to get around 20 touches uh, at minimum in the game. I think he can have another huge game. you got to expect him to find the end zone at least once. got to expect him to at least total 100 yards, if not run for, I mean, goodness, he's been running for like 180 yards now for a couple of consecutive games. I think that that will continue. There is one thing I want to put out there for the fantasy fans, though. He's at, I believe the number is 386 touches between the regular season and the postseason. So if he's going to get 20 more touches in this game against Kansas City, that means he's going to go over 400 touches on the year. There is a very quality track record of running backs breaking down after a season in which they touch the ball 400 times. So the more that Henry touches it, and he's already had enough, I, I think you've got to start to be concerned about him doing it again and playing effectively in 2020. I'm sure that's something the Titans are going to think about doing, and maybe they just put him in bubble wrap. Or, and this is the other crazy thing, and this is the craziest part of all, maybe the Titans let him go. He's also a free agent this offseason, and retaining him on the franchise tag would take a lot of money. Signing him to a long-term deal, I mean, he, he, he can walk into the Titans' front office and say, make me the highest-paid running back in the National Football League, pay me more than what the Cowboys paid Ezekiel Elliott. And I'd like to think the Titans are going to offer him a lot of money or at least, you know, a, a huge chunk off, off the franchise tag. But I don't know if they're willing to spend the type of money on him that the Cowboys just put down on Zeke or that the Rams put down on Ty Gurley. Look at how that worked out for L.A., uh, they're freaking out about Gurley's longevity at this point. So there, there is a, a slight chance that we could see Derrick Henry playing in either his last or his next-to-last game as a member of the Titans 
because Tennessee could let him go because they don't want to pay him the crazy type of money that he might command. Yeah, you're seeing running the running back position be really devalued over the last few years, and you can understand why these guys get beat up. Like you say, 400 touches—that is a crazy. lot. It's wild. Um, but I remember growing up, fantasy drafts. The running backs always went early because there was teams were running the featured back system. Right now, Tennessee is having a ton of success just handing Derrick Henry the ball and watching him go. Has he? Do you think there's any chance that he's revived that type of philosophy? And will will more teams start doing that? Even if it's just for one year, use the guy for 400 touches a year and then move on from him. Yeah, disposable running backs, right? Yeah. Um, it's not as easy. It's not as easy as the Titans are making it look because they just have this great combination of uh, a, a really strong, really savvy offensive line. Combined with a running back that is just—he's—he's he's a rare breed, man. He's six foot three. I think he's right around two hundred and forty pounds. He could be more than that, and he runs a four-five. So he's just a supreme athlete. And there aren't a lot of those guys out there. And and I, I thought about who could be the next Derrick Henry in the National Football League. You think about bruising types of running backs that are in the league now. And one of the one of the young guys that came to my mind was David Montgomery with the Chicago Bears and how he's just big, thick, stocky dude, not a burner by any stretch, but certainly a guy who can break through tackles. And he's a better pass catcher than Derrick Henry, but he doesn't have the offensive line in front of him that, uh, that Derrick Henry has. And on top of that, I'm not sure the Bears have the type of offensive philosophy and wherewithal to... To, to say, all right, we're going to be a run-first, run-oriented, cautious offense. And I, I don't know if they can do that. I don't know if they've got the offensive line to do that. And I don't know if David Montgomery is necessarily as good as Derrick Henry or certainly as much of a unicorn as Derrick Henry is. So the reason why you don't see a lot of running backs that play like Derrick Henry is because there aren't a lot of guys out there that are like Derrick Henry. Now, to that end, what we are seeing a lot of are running backs that can do work on all three downs. So they're able to run the ball. They're able to catch passes out of the backfield. And you've, you've got a makeup of a guy like Saquon Barkley, who's pretty physical in his own right, and he's the best pass catcher of any running back I've mentioned already. And his offensive line could actually be on the upswing in a, in a huge way. That's a dude who I think could end up being not exactly like Derrick Henry, but still the focal point of the offense. And as long as guys like that are around, you're going to see NFL teams ride them as long as they can um, before they just say, all right, you've had 400 touches, maybe you've had uh, 1,800 carries throughout your career, your time's up and we're going to move on to somebody else. But for the most part, this is still very much a quarterback-driven league where teams want to build around the quarterback and most teams are going to be like Philadelphia, where they're going to find a right. If they find a running back who's great and they can count on for 20 touches a game, great, they'll use them. But short of that, they'll use two, three running backs. They'll mix and match them. They'd rather rely on the quarterback making plays and, and being a factor on offense than trying to lean heavily on the running back. And I think that's what we're seeing in Tennessee. And, you know, Ryan Tannehill has played great, 
The play action would not work nearly as well for him if Deion Lewis was the running back in Tennessee. It just would not be the same thing because defenses don't respect Deion Lewis the way that they respect Derrick Henry. And because they respect Derrick Henry that much, they can't they're, – they're leaving things so wide open for Tennessee's passing game. And that's helping make Ryan Tannehill play to the level that he's been playing at right now. Really, Tannehill, if you ask me, he, he's the right quarterback in the right place at the right time, and he's also a free agent. So Tennessee's going to have to make a lot of serious decisions about the future of their offense, uh, whether or not they want to build around Henry, build around Tannehill, build around both of them, build around neither of them. But for now, I think they're just focused on trying to make the Super Bowl. Yeah, it's it's crazy. Um, Derrick Henry, the, the type of back he is, he almost kind of kind of a retro back. Once he gets to that, once he gets to that second level, um, it's almost impossible. To, it's possible to get him down. You got a you got a two hundred and you got like a linebacker running uh on the uh, as a running back running like a four 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 five um running for secondary. It's um it's impossible to take him down, and it's proving it's proving to be uh it's proving to be a trouble for Baltimore. Um, starting with Baltimore, and it, it, we'll see if the. We'll see if the Chiefs can uh, hang on. Um, back to the Dave Montgomery. My uh, my co-host kind of gave a little fist bump when you brought up that name. <laughs> I don't. Know, he's a big Bears fan. I don't know if uh, I don't know if there's ever we're ever going to see another guy like Derek Henry. Dave Montgomery was a guy that I was kind of high on as well coming out of the draft. Um, I do want to I do want to flip back to Ryan Tannehill. You brought him up being a free agent. Um, what type of contract do you see Ryan Tannehill getting this upcoming offseason? Well, who's paying him? Is it Tennessee or is it someone else? Uh, and if it's if it's someone else, then it's probably not going to be as much as Tennessee. Um, I would imagine they're going to try and start the bidding at twenty million per year, uh, and that's if they don't tag him. Uh, I believe because it's the last year of the CBA, teams can use a franchise and a transition tag, and maybe that's going to be Tennessee's plan: is that they franchise Derrick Henry and they transition tag um, Ryan Tannehill. And they, they just lock them up for at least one more year and they make the decision further on those guys um, in 2021. But I, I would think that if Ryan Tannehill is going to get a starting job in the NFL, he's going to command at minimum $20 million a year. Okay, that's interesting. I didn't think it would be that high, yeah. but I could. Teams, teams value the quarterback. Um, they have to. Yeah. They have to. Jacoby Brissett got that much when Andrew Luck retired. Yeah, oh, that's a good point. Um, if he is a starting quarterback next season, is Ryan Tannehill fantasy relevant? In two quarterback leagues and in super flex leagues, absolutely. In regular fantasy leagues, I'm I'm thinking he's he's going to be disrespected quite a bit. He might go undrafted. He might be a late round pick. I I don't think that we're going to see a trend where. A lot of teams, a lot of fantasy managers build their teams with two quarterbacks on it. Um, and, and I would say that a quarterback like Joe Burrow, for example, might have more allure than Ryan Tannehill. Ben Roethlisberger, if his arm is healthy and ready to go, he'll have more allure than Ryan Tannehill. So he's going to get pushed down the old rank list a little bit and probably will be on the – I bet he gets drafted in maybe half the league's if he's still the starting quarterback in Tennessee, and if the Titans do something to improve their passing game. Maybe they add, I don't know if they really need to add another receiver. I think they're kind of stuck with Corey Davis for one more year, and A.J. Brown's obviously going to be a factor. Like, he, he was amazing this year, and uh, he certainly developed faster than I thought he was going to develop. I thought he would be a good contributing receiver. 
he ended up being just a great number one guy for Tennessee. I'd like to see him do that over, you know, on a more consistent basis, and I, I think he will be able to do that. And I'd like to see Johnny Smith start to take a step forward. Uh, Delaney Walker retires. If he just doesn't end up with Tennessee, uh, I'd like to see Johnny Smith uh, use his athleticism in that offense a little more. So whoever the quarterback is in Tennessee should have some good weapons around him. It's just, I don't know if Tennessee is going to be a, a, a high-volume passing offense. And so people are going to look at that offense and they're going to say, all right, Derrick Henry, 400 carries, no 400 carries. you got to consider him a number one fantasy running back. And A.J. Brown's got potential to be a number one fantasy receiver. And non-TPR, he finished as a number one fantasy receiver, believe it or not. Um, that the receivers were down this year. That's a, that's a conversation for a different time. But I, I don't see Ryan Tannehill being a guy that people uh, race to draft in August and September. Yeah, he, it's, he's such an interesting story, David. Um, it, it's, it's crazy. Um, it, it, and just in general, the Tennessee Titans is just crazy. The storylines around them. Um, I, I, saw, I saw something going back in 2016. They made that trade. They had the first overall pick. They send it out to L.A. so the L.A. can draft Jared Goff. The names that they got back um, from the draft picks that L.A. gave them are stunning. Derrick Henry was one of the picks. Um, Austin Johnson, Jack Conklin, um, Janu Smith, and Corey Davis. So those are all the guys that they got from that L.A. Rams trade. Um, it, it's spectacular. The Titans are such an exciting story. Um, I do want to move on to uh, the, the Kansas City Chiefs before we move on to the other championship game. Um, the Kansas City Chiefs, I saw your tweet. Um, this, tweet this tweet blows my mind. The Chiefs scored 28 points over 10 minutes of game clock in the second quarter on Sunday. The Pittsburgh Steelers yeah. didn't score 28 points all season. It's pretty spectacular what yeah. the Kansas City Chiefs are doing on offense. Uh, yeah, go ahead. Steelers fans were not happy with me. For that. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you were just you were just spitting out facts there. Um, I do want to I do want to touch on the Kansas City Chiefs offense. Um, it, it seems like it seems like it's an unstoppable force. Um, heading into heading into Arrowhead this Sunday. Have you ever seen an offense like this that can can move the ball so quick and so fast? Do you have Do you remember any comparisons to this? Uh, the Rams' offense in nineteen ninety nine, greatest show on turf, and and they were actually like that for several years, where they could just they they didn't try to do it very often, but they tried to just put together. They they didn't try this, but they um, ended up having a bunch of scoring drives that were two, three, four, five plays long. Um, that offense was ridiculous, and there, there's a lot of things in common. They had a strong-arm quarterback who was protected mostly well, and they had really good receivers. And I, I think Kelsey and Tyreek Hill are just guys that really change the way that defenses play. We talked about Derrick Henry being a unicorn, a rare guy, a guy with very um, unique athletic abilities. Well, Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill have that, and so, so does Patrick Mahomes. So you put all three of those guys together, and it's hard for a defense to slow them down. And I, I think about the Titans' defense. Uh, they, they've got some big, meaty run stuffers. I don't know if they've got a good pass rush, and I'm not sold on their secondary being able to clamp down on Tyreek and Travis Kelsey play after play. So I would imagine that we're going to see Kansas City get to 28 points. And because they can score so fast, I, I think that that's gonna. I think it's gonna hurt Tennessee in this game. So look for look for Kansas City to. I don't think they're gonna try and run the ball and try and drown out the clock. At least not to begin the game. I think they're gonna try and just do what they do 
and that's attack downfield, lean on their pass catchers. Uh, it wouldn't surprise me if McCole Hardman had a bigger role in this game. They just they just load up on speed and they fire away on go routes, slant routes, post routes, and just try and outrun Tennessee's defense. Yeah, that that Chiefs offense is must watch right now. They're so exciting. They can put up points from anywhere. Um, I want to I want to transition over to the NFC Championship game here quickly. Um, previously, the 49ers beat the Packers by almost 30 this year. Might have been Aaron Rodgers' worst game of his career. Didn't complete a pass on third down. Does he bounce back this week, or do you picture it being similar to Week 11, I believe it was? Yeah, it's going to be better than Week 11, but it's still going to be hard on him. Um, if the Packers don't have a lot of um, great players, certainly on offense they've got a few, but not a lot. And the 49ers' defense to me is just outstanding. Uh, they were just so impressive. Last week against Minnesota, they did a great job containing Dalvin Cook. And on every single obvious passing down, uh, Kirk Cousins was in deep trouble. I would expect that to happen again. Uh, and, I, and I think the 49ers offense can, can be um, pretty balanced and, and find ways to score points, both with the run and the pass against Green Bay. Uh, Packers defense, uh, their, their pass rush, a lot of their, their pass rush has gotten a lot of attention. Zadarius Smith and Preston Smith. I think those guys are covering up a lot of weaknesses on that defensive unit. And I think the 49ers, Kyle Shannon does such a good job scheming those guys that um, they're going to be able to put up some points. Aaron Rodgers might end up keeping it close, but in the end I think the 49ers are going to beat the Packers again and and head on to the Super Bowl. Um, And Rodgers will probably have a good day, not a great day, which has been how most of his games have been this season. Yeah, Aaron Rodgers, um, he's kind of had a funny year. Uh, he, I, I don't think he had, what, two interceptions this year. He's, he's held onto the ball. He gets, I think, one of the best, I, I believe the best touchdown-interception ratio of all time. His legacy hasn't been cemented yet. Do you think another Super Bowl win will kind of put him in that Peyton Manning, Tom Brady tier, or do you think he'll always kind of just be a step behind them? If he's a step behind them, he's a half-step behind them. Uh, he has the one Super Bowl ring. Yeah, I think a second Super Bowl would probably get him closer. Um, I don't think he'll ever be where Brady and Peyton are, um, but but I think he's he's right behind them as far as you know, great quarterbacks and just uh, just way just game winners and just studs at that position. So a second, he's going to the Hall of Fame either way. Yeah, uh, a second Super Bowl ring could certainly put him. I guess a little closer. I don't know if that means he's like right on Peyton Manning's butt or not. I don't know if that really matters because he's going to be remembered fondly no matter what, and he's going to go to the Hall of Fame no matter what, whether he wins or loses. Right. Um, Quick question for the daily fantasy players this uh, weekend. Personally, I think the toughest position to decide is the tight end. Do you go with Kelsey or Kittle this weekend? I just think that he's the safer of the two, but you've got a flex spot, right? Oh, flex. Tight end in the flex. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. Go tight end, baby. Go yeah. tight end. Get them both in there. Uh, I can see Kittle bouncing back this week. I think the Packers are going to have a hard time 
finding a defender to, to match up with them. I don't think they've got a linebacker who's fast enough, and I don't think they've got a defensive back who's big enough. Um, I would expect George Kittle to find the end zone, and I think Travis Kelsey can too. Um, both of them are in a real good position to, to put up good numbers. The problem is, is that if you go with those two and you throw in Derrick Henry, you, what do you do at quarterback? You're, you're probably forced to go with Aaron Rodgers, and then you've got to go super-duper cheap at wide receiver and at that other running back spot. It's going to be hard, but that you're going to have to take a chance. That's where I think McCall Hardman could actually come into play in, in DFS. I think, he's a, I think he's a decent shot play this week. Yeah, McCall Hardman is a name um, that flies on the right. He had that he had that massive kick return um, in the Texans game that kind of sparked the, the comeback. Um, okay, so prediction time, Dave. Here we go. What is your dream Super Bowl matchup? And then I want you to give us who you actually think will be in the Super Bowl, and then pick your Super Bowl winner. Okay, so uh, the dream Super Bowl matchup is going to be the same as the one that I think is going to happen, which is Chiefs and 49ers. I think they're. I think the 49ers are the best team in the NFC, and I think the Chiefs are probably, honestly, I think they're the second-best team in the NFC. I thought Baltimore was better. Baltimore just had a really rotten game against Tennessee last weekend. Um, so I'll, I'll take Kansas City and, uh, and uh, San Francisco. I'll take Andy Reid versus Kyle Shanahan yeah. with all the marbles on the table. I, I think that that would be... I, I think that would be the dream Super Bowl. I think that's the one everybody wants to see, and that's the one that I think will happen. And if that is the Super Bowl, look, I've been I've been predicting Super Bowls for the last 15 years. I don't get them all right, but I've got <laughs> the last four right. And the formula is really simple. The team that can run the ball better and the team with the better pass rush is the team that wins it. So mark me down for the 49ers over the Chiefs. Sorry, Andy Reid fans. Yeah. <laughs> I know you in Philadelphia. Yeah. But uh, I think the 49ers would beat the Chiefs. Right on. Um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm leaning. I want. I want to see Andy Reid get his uh, Super Bowl. Um, I think it's time. I think this is his best shot too. Um, I think. I think everything's kind of falling into place for him to finally get his Super Bowl. But yeah, the 49ers and Chiefs are both the matchups that what we're uh, me and Eric are that we would like to see. All right, Dave. Thank you so much for joining us. I um, really appreciate you jumping on. So tell the listeners where they can find you on Twitter and maybe shout out. The, um, tell them about the CBS Sports HQ. Thanks so much. And Dave, um, have fun in uh, Alabama Senior Bowl and uh, have fun in sunny Miami for the Super Bowl as well, man. Uh, it's pretty cool you get to go to both places. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. It should be a good time. <laughs> Everything being done in the good name of fantasy. Yeah. So we're we're going to find some sleepers yeah. at the Senior Bowl and, and start hyping them up for 2020 drafts. Right on. I'll be, I'll be looking forward to your piece on that. All right, again, thanks for listening, everyone. Uh, make sure to subscribe and rate wherever you do listen to your podcasts. And so long.